Chapter thirty four to thirty nine. Book ten, volume two of Le Mort d'Arthur. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading by Lars Rolander. Le Mort d'Arthur, volume two by Sir Thomas Mallory. Chapter thirty four. Then upon a day Belanger, the constable, came to Anglides and said, Madam, it were time my lord Alexander were made knight, for he is a passing strong young man. Sir, said she, I would he were made knight, but then must I give him the most charge that ever sinful mother gave to her child. Do as you list, said Belanger, and I shall give him warning that he shall be made knight. Now it will be well done that he may be made knight at Our Lady Day in Lent. Be it so, said Englides, and I pray you make ready therefore. So came the constable to Alisander, and told him that he should at Our Lady Day in Lent be made knight. I thank God, said Alisander, these are the best tidings that ever came to me. Then the constable ordained twenty of the greatest gentlemen's sons, and the best-born men of the country, that should be made knights that same day that Alexander was made knight. So on the same day that Alexander and his twenty fellows were made knights, at the offering of the mass, there came Anglides unto her son, and said thus, O fair sweet son, I charge thee upon my blessing, and of the high order of chivalry that thou takest here this day, that thou understand what I shall say and charge thee withal. Therewithal she pulled out a bloody doublet and a bloody shirt that were be bled with old blood. When Alexander saw this, he stirred aback and waxed pale and said, Fair mother, what may this mean? I shall tell thee, fair son, this was thine own father's doublet and shirt that he wore upon him that same day that he was slain. And there she told him why and wherefore, and how for his goodness King Mark slew him with his dagger afore mine own iron, and therefore this shall be your charge that I shall give thee. Chapter 35 now I require thee, and charge thee upon my blessing, and upon the high order of knighthood, that thou be revenged upon King Mark for the death of thy father. And therewithal she swooned. Then Alexander leapt to his mother, and took her up in his arms, and said, Fair mother, ye have given me a great charge, and here I promise you I shall be avenged upon King Mark when that I may, and that I promise to God and to you. So this feast was ended, and the constable, by the advice of Anglides, let purvey that Alexander was well horsed and harnessed. Then he jousted with his twenty fellows that were made knights with him, but for to make a short tale, he overthrew all those twenty, that none might withstand him a buffet. Then one of those knights departed unto King Mark, and told him all, how Alexander was made knight, and all the charge that his mother gave him, as ye have heard aforetime. 
Alas, false treason, said King Mark. I ween that young traitor had been dead. Alas, who may I trust? And therewithal King Mark took a sword in his hand, and sought Sir Sadok from chamber to chamber to slay him. When Sir Sadok saw King Mark come with his sword in his hand, he said thus, Beware, King Mark, and come not nigh me, for wit thou well that I saved Alessander his life, of which I never repent me. For thou falsely and cowardly slew his father, Budwin, traitorly for his good deeds. Wherefore I pray, Almighty Jesu, send Alessander might and strength to be revenged upon thee. And now beware, King Mark, of young Alessander, for he is made a knight. Alas, said King Mark, that ever I should hear a traitor say so afore me. And therewith four knights of King Mark's drew their swords to slay Sir Sadok, but anon Sir Sadok slew them all in King Mark's presence, and then Sir Sadok passed forth into his chamber, and took his horse and his harness, and rode on his way a good pace. For there was neither Sir Tristram, neither Sir Dinas, nor Sir Fergus, that would Sir Sadok any evil will. Then was King Mark wroth, and thought to destroy Sir Alexander and Sir Sadok that had saved him, for King Mark dreaded and hated Alexander most of any man living. When Sir Tristram understood that Alexander was made knight, and known forthwithal, he sent him a letter, praying him and charging him that he would draw him to the court of King Arthur, and that he put him in the rule and in the hands of Sir Launcelot. So this letter was sent to Alessander from his cousin Sir Tristram, and at that time he thought to do after his commandment. Then King Mark called a knight that brought him the tidings from Alessander, and bade him abide still in that country. Sir, said that knight, so must I do, for in my own country I dare not come. No force, said King Mark, I shall give thee here double as much lands as ever thou hadst of thine own. But within short space Sir Sadok met with that false knight, and slew him. Then was King Mark wood wroth out of measure. Then he sent unto Queen Morgan le Fay, and to the Queen of North Galis, praying them in his letter that they two sorceresses would set all the country in fire with ladies that were enchantresses, and by such that were dangerous knights, as Malgrin, Bruce pity, that by no mean Alessander le Orphelin should escape, but either he should be taken or slain. This ordinance made King Mark for to destroy Alessander. Chapter 36 Now turn we again unto Sir Alessander, that at his departing his mother took with him his father's bloody shirt, so that he bare with him always till his death-day, in tokening to think of his father's death. So was Alessander purposed to ride to London, by the counsel of Sir Tristram, to Sir Launcelot. And by fortune he went by the seaside, and rode wrong. And there he won at a tournament the gree that King Carados made. And there he smote down King Carados and twenty of his knights, and also Sir Safere, a good knight that was Sir Palamedes' brother, the good knight. All this saw a damosel, and saw the best knight just that ever she saw, 
and ever as he smote down knights he made them to swear to wear none harness in a twelvemonth and a day this is well said said morgan le fay this is the knight that i would fain see and so she took her palfrey and rode a great while and then she rested her in her pavilion so there came four knights two were armed and two were unarmed and they told morgan le fay their names the first was elias de gomeret the second was cari de gomeret those were armed the other twain were camillard cousins unto queen Ganever, and that one hight guy and that other hight garant those were unarmed there these four knights told morgan le fay how a young knight had smitten them down before a castle for the maiden of that castle said that he was but late made knight and young but as we suppose but if it were sir tristram or sir launcelot or sir lamorak the good knight there is none that might sit him a buffet with a spear well said morgan le fay i shall meet that knight or it be long time and he dwell in that country so turn we to the damosel of the castle that when alisander le orphelin had forjusted the four knights she called him to her and said thus sir knight wilt thou for my sake joust and fight with a knight for my sake of this country that is and hath been long time an evil neighbour to me his name is malgrin and he will not suffer me to be married in no manner wise for all that i can do or any knight for my sake damosel said alisander and he come whilst i am here i will fight with him and my poor body for your sake i will jeopard and therewithal she sent for him for he was at her commandment and when either had a sight of other they made them ready for to joust and they came together eagerly and malgrin brist his spear upon alisander and alisander smote him again so hard that he bare him quite from his saddle to the earth but this malgrin arose lightly and dressed his shield and drew his sword and bade him alight saying though thou have the better of me on horseback thou shalt find that i shall endure like a knight on foot it is well said said alisander and so lightly he avoided his horse and betook him to his varlet and then they rushed together like two boars and laid on their helms and shields long time by the space of three hours that never man could say which was the better knight and in the meanwhile came morgan le fay to the damosel of the castle and they beheld the battle but this malgrin was an old rotted knight and he was called one of the dangerous knights of the world to do battle on foot but on horseback there were many better and ever this malgrin awaited to slay alisander and so wounded him wonderly sore that it was marvel that ever he might stand for he had bled so much blood for alisander fought wildly and not wittily and that other was a felonious knight and awaited him and smote him sore and sometime they rushed together with their shields like two boars or rams and fell grovelling both to the earth now knight said malgrin hold thy hand a while and tell me what thou art i will not said alisander but if me list 
but tell me thy name, and why thou keepest this country, or else thou shalt die of my hands. Wit thou well, said Malgrin, that for this maiden's love of this castle I have slain ten good knights by mishap, and by outrage and orgulity of myself I have slain ten other knights. So God me help, said Alisander, this is the foulest confession that ever I heard knight make nor never heard i speak of other men of such a shameful confession wherefore it were great pity and great shame unto me that i should let thee live any longer therefore keep thee as well as ever thou mayst for as i am true knight either thou shalt slay me or else i shall slay thee i promise thee faithfully then they lashed together fiercely and at the last alisander smote malgrim to the earth and then he raised off his helm and smote off his head lightly and when he had done and ended this battle anon he called to him his varlet the which brought him his horse and then he weening to be strong enough would have mounted and so she laid sir alisander in a horse litter and led him into the castle for he had no foot nor might to stand upon the earth for he had sixteen great wounds, and in especial one of them was likely to be his death. Chapter 37 Then Queen Morgan le Fay searched his wounds, and gave such an ointment unto him that he should have died. And on the morn when she came to him he complained him sore, and then she put other ointments upon him, and then he was out of his pain. Then came the damosel of the castle, and said unto Morgan le Fay, I pray you help me that this knight might wed me, for he hath won me with his hands. Ye shall see, said Morgan le Fay, what I shall say. Then Morgan le Fay went unto Alisander, and bade in any wise that he should refuse this lady, and she desired to wed you, for she is not for you. So the damsel came and desired of him marriage. Damosel, said Orphelin, I thank you, but as yet I cast me not to marry in this country. Sir, she said, sithen ye will not marry me, I pray you insomuch as ye have won me, that ye will give me to a knight of this country, that hath been my friend, and loved me many years. With all my heart, said Alisander, I will assent thereto. Then was the knight sent for. His name was Gerin le Gros, and anon he made them handfast and wedded them. Then came Queen Morgan le Fay to Alisander, and bade him arise, and put him in a horse-litter, and gave him such a drink, that in three days and three nights he waked never, but slept. And so she brought him to her own castle, that at that time was called La Bile Regard. Then Morgan le Fay came to Alisander, and asked him if he would fain be whole. Who would be sick, said Alisander, and he might be whole. Well, said Morgan le Fay, then shall ye promise me by your knighthood, that this day, twelve month and a day, ye shall not pass the compass of this castle, and without doubt ye shall lightly be whole. I assent, said Sir Alisander, and there he made her a promise, then was he soon whole. And when Alisander was whole, then he repented him of his oath, for he might not be revenged upon King Mark. Right so there came a damosel that was cousin to the Earl of Passe, 
and she was cousin to Morgan le Fay. And by right that castle of La Beale Regard should have been hers by true inheritance. So this damosel entered into this castle where lie Alessander, and there she found him upon his bed, passing heavy and all sad. Chapter 38 Sir Knight, said the damosel, and ye would be merry, I could tell you good tidings. Well were me, said Alisander, and I might hear of good tidings, for now I stand as a prisoner by my promise. Sir, she said, wit you well that ye be a prisoner, and worse than ye ween, for my lady, my cousin Queen Morgan le Fay, keeps you here for none other intent but for do her pleasure with you, when it liketh her. O oh, Jesu, defend me, said Alisander, from such pleasure, for I had liefer cut away my hanger than I would do her such pleasure. As Jesu, help me, said the damosel, and ye would love me and be ruled by me, I shall make you deliverance with your worship. Tell me, said Alisander, by what means, and ye shall have my love. Fair knight, she said, this castle of right ought to be mine, and I have an uncle, the which is a mighty earl, he is the earl of Passe, and of all folks he hateth most Morgan le Fay, and I shall send unto him, and pray him for my sake to destroy this castle for the evil customs that be used therein, and then will he come and set wildfire on every part of the castle, and I shall get you out at a privy postern and there shall ye have your horse and your harness. Ye say well, damosel, said Alisander, and then she said, Ye may keep the room of this castle this twelve month and a day, then break ye not your oath. Truly, fair damosel, said Alisander, ye say sooth, and then he kissed her, and did to her pleasance as it pleased them both at times and leisures. So anon she sent unto her uncle, and bade him come and destroy that castle, for as the book saith, he would have destroyed that castle aforetime, had not that damosel been. When the earl understood her letters, he sent her word again, that on such a day he would come and destroy that castle. So when that day came, she showed Alisander a postern, wherethrough he should flee into a garden, and there he should find his armour and his horse. When the day came that was set, thither came the Earl of Passe with four hundred knights, and set on fire all the parts of the castle, that, or they ceased, they left not a stone standing. And all this while that the fire was in the castle, he abode in the garden. And when the fire was done, he let make a cry that he would keep that piece of earth, thereas the castle of La Beale Regard was a twelvemonth and a day from all manner knights that would come. So it happened there was a duke that hight Ansirus, and he was of the kin of Sir Launcelot, and this knight was a great pilgrim, for every third year he would be at Jerusalem. And because he used all his life to go into pilgrimage, men called him Duke Ansirus the Pilgrim. And this duke had a daughter that hight Alice, that was a passing fair woman, and because of her father she was called Alice Labile Pilgrim. And anon as she heard of this cry, she went unto Arthur's court, and said openly in hearing of many knights, 
that what knight may overcome that knight that keepeth that piece of earth shall have me and all my lands. When the knights of the round table heard his say thus many were glad, for she was passing fair and of great rents. Right so she let cry in castles and towns as fast on her side as Alexander did on his side. Then she dressed her pavilion straight by the piece of earth that Alexander kept. So she was not so soon there, but there came a knight of Arthur's court that hight Sagramor le Desirius, and he proffered to joust with Alexander, and they encountered, and Sagramor le Desirius brist his spear upon Sir Alexander, but Sir Alexander smote him so hard that he avoided his saddle. And when La Beale Alice saw him joust so well, she thought him a passing goodly knight on horseback, and then she leapt out of her pavilion and took Sir Alexander by the bridle, and thus she said, Fair knight, I require thee of thy knighthood, show me thy visage. I dare well, said Alexander, show my visage, and then he put off his helm, and she saw his visage, she said, Oh, sweet Jesu! thee i must love and never other then show me your visage said he chapter thirty nine then she unwimpled her visage and when he saw her he said here have i found my love and my lady truly fair lady said he i promise you to be your knight and none other that beareth the life now gentle knight said she tell me your name my name is said he alisander le orphelin now damosel tell me your name said he my name is said she alice la Beale pilgrim and when we be more at our heart's ease both ye and i shall tell other of what blood we become so there was great love betwixt them and as they thus talked, there came a knight that hight Harus la Berbouze, and asked part of Sir Alexander's spears. Then Sir Alexander encountered him, and at the first Sir Alexander smote him over his horse croup. And then there came another knight that hight Sir Hevgon, and Sir Alexander smote him down as he did that other. Then Sir Hevgon proffered to do battle on foot. Sir Alexander overcame him with three strokes, and there would have slain him had he not yielded him. So then Alexander made both knights to swear to wear none armour in a twelvemonth and a day. Then Sir Alexander alighted down, and went to rest him and repose him. Then the damsel that helped Sir Alexander out of the castle in her play told Alice altogether how he was a prisoner in the castle of La Beale Regard and there she told her now she got him out of prison. Sir, said Alice la Beale Pilgrim, me seemeth ye are much beholding to this maiden. That is truth, said Sir Alexander, and there Alice told him of what blood she was come. Sir, wit ye well, she said, that I am the blood of King Ban, that was father unto Sir Launcelot. Ye wis, fair lady, said Alexander, my mother told me that my father was brother unto a king, and I nigh cousin unto Sir Tristram. Then this while came there three knights, that one hight Baines, and the other hight Harvis de Le Marches, and the third hight Perrin de la Montaigne, 
and with one spear Sir Alisander smote them down all three, and gave them such falls that they had no list to fight upon foot. So he made them to swear to wear none arms in a twelvemonth. So when they were departed, Sir Alisander beheld his lady Alice on horseback as he stood in her pavilion, and then he was so enamoured upon her that he wist not whether he were on horseback or on foot. Right so came the false knight Sir Mordred, and saw Sir Alisander was assotted upon his lady, and therewithal he took his horse by the bridle, and led him here and there, and had cast to have led him out of that place to have shamed him. When the damsel that helped him out of that castle saw how shamefully he was led, anon she let arm her, and set a shield upon her shoulder, and therewith she mounted upon his horse, and got a naked sword in her hand, and she thrust unto Alisander with all her might, and she gave him such a buffet that he thought the fire flew out of his iron, and when Alisander felt that stroke he looked about him, and drew his sword, and when she saw that she fled, and so did Mordred into the forest, and the damosel fled into the pavilion. So when Alisander understood himself how the false knight would have shamed him, had not the damosel been, then was he wroth with himself, that Sir Mordred was so escaped his hands. But then Sir Alisander and Alice had good game at the damosel, how sadly she hit him upon the helm. Then Sir Alisander jousted thus day by day, and on foot he did many battles with many knights of King Arthur's court, and with many knights strangers. Therefore to tell all the battles that he did it were over much to rehearse, for every day within that twelve month he had ado with one knight or with other, and some day he had ado with three or with four, and there was never knight that put him to the worse. And at the twelve month's end he departed with his lady, Alice Labile Pilgrim, and the damosel would never go from him, and so they went into their country of Benoy and lived there in great joy. End of Book Ten Chapters 34 to 39 Read by Lars Rolander